I've treated hundreds of patients and trained thousands of healthcare professionals over my 15-year career. And one thing I've learned through that experience is that most people are really confused about supplements, or they lack a clear strategy or plan for how to use supplements to improve their health. That's why I created Adapt Naturals. It's a supplement line designed to add back in what the modern world has squeezed out and help you feel and perform your best. Our ancestors' diets were rich in the essential vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients we need for optimal function. But today, thanks to declining soil quality, a growing toxic burden, and other challenges in the modern world, most of us are not getting enough of these critical nutrients. I formulated Adapt Naturals using the principles of evolutionary biology and modern research to fill the nutrient gaps that we face today and replicate the nutrient intakes found in an optimal ancestral diet. Our flagship offering is called the Core Plus Bundle, a daily stack of five products that gives you everything you need each day, from essential vitamins and minerals like B12, folate, magnesium, and vitamin D, to phytonutrients like bioflavonoids, carotenoids, and beta-glucans. You can also order the products in the bundle separately if that works better for your needs. The Adapt Naturals products are made from the highest quality, food-based, or bioidentical ingredients, from cellular and immune health to brain and nervous system support to blood sugar and heart health, we've got you covered. Your supplement cupboard is about to get a lot smaller. We also created an app called Core Reset to help you get your nutrition, sleep, movement, and stress management dialed in. Because no matter how good our supplements are, and they are really good, you can't supplement yourself out of a bad diet and lifestyle. The best part is that you get this app at no additional cost when you order the Core Plus bundle. Head over to adaptnaturals.com, that's A-D-A-P-T naturals.com, to learn more and start feeling and performing your best. Hey everybody, Chris Crosser here. Welcome to another episode of Revolution Health Radio. Over the 12 plus years I've been podcasting, I've enjoyed having a wide range of guests on the show from scientists to physicians to entrepreneurs to athletes and to people that are just really engaged in whatever it is that they're doing and that I'm interested in talking with. And today's guest uh, doesn't really fall neatly into one of those categories. He spans a number of them. His name is Sean Lake and he was a professional snowboarder, one of the first actually, who later eventually became a nutrition entrepreneur and started Bob's Naturals, which is a phenomenal supplement line focused on cows, coffee, and coconut. So collagen, proteins, uh, coconut MCT products, and most recently coffee. And I talk with Sean about his unconventional career path from professional snowboarder to entrepreneur, how he was inspired by his close friendship with Glenn Doherty, a Navy SEAL who was killed in Benghazi and who was really the inspiration for starting Bub's Naturals in the first place. How to really get into your fitness groove in your 40s and 50s, which is why Sean ended up starting Bub's Naturals. The importance of mindset and turning tragedy into celebrating a legacy. Uh, the role of collagen in, uh, in our health and well-being. And... Uh, many other topics that I think will be really interesting for for all of you listeners. Uh, it was a, a very different type of show, and I really enjoyed this conversation with Sean and hope you do too. Let's dive in. Sean Lake, pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Been looking forward to this. Chris, thanks so much for having me, man. This is fantastic to connect. 
So uh, I'm looking forward to the show because it's a little bit different than some of the other shows I do. You know, I, I, I run the gamut. We've had lots of different guests from lots of different walks of life. And sometimes we go deep into the science and geek out. And other times I, I like to just talk to people with interesting backgrounds and that are doing um, cool stuff in, in the health and wellness industry and that have their own personal story, you know, about what led them into the health and wellness world and why are they so passionate about it? And, and for the listeners, Sean and I met in a group that we're both in and, and we connected and just thought it'd be fun to have you on the show and chat a little bit about your rather unconventional career path from professional snowboarder to uh, nutrition and wellness entrepreneur and, and all the steps in between. I also know that you were inspired by, uh, the passing of your childhood best friend, Glenn, who was a Navy SEAL. And we'll talk a little bit about that as, as well and how that kind of shaped your journey. But let's start with the snowboarding because, as, as you know, I'm an avid mountain person, uh, you know, a skier in my case, former snowboarder, trader. What? Um, Wait, what? You, you, you went to the dark side? I didn't know that about you. You, you were waiting till this moment to, to dime that out, huh? I grew up. I skied growing up, you know, not a lot because I, I grew up in Manhattan in Southern California, <laughs> Manhattan Beach, not a lot of skiing there. Big Bear doesn't really count. Mountain High, actually, I learned to ski, night ski at Mountain High. That was my, my first experience. And then when snowboarding came on the scene as a lifelong surfer, it was like, yeah, of course, I'm going to snowboard. You have and to, yeah. I did that for all the way up until four years ago. And I was, I actually, took my, my daughter to Utah for a father-daughter, our, our first father-daughter trip. That was more like five years ago or six years ago. <laughs> Time flies. I think she was four. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, it's oh, so you were, you were doing pizza and French fries with her the whole time. No, no, no. So I took her to, to, to Utah. We actually went to solitude and I, I was out there on my snowboard first run of the morning. It was super fast icy conditions and the visibility was low and i just launched off of this feature that i couldn't really see flew through the air landed on my rib cage broke three ribs and then after that was like hmm, maybe i'll try skiing again i think I, <laughs> I, I have two more edges and a little bit more control and just felt like it was time to do that. So I went back to skiing, but I, I did snowboard for 20 years. So I'm, I'm curious about your path and how you, yeah. How, like, tell me about your, your history as a professional snowboarder and then what led you into the world of nutrition? Yeah. Um, well, one, I, I have a five-year-old daughter and I just got back from Squaw Valley. Uh, I guess, I'm uh, sorry, Palisades with its yeah, new name. Palisades. Mm -hmm. And I spent one entire day on the magic carpet with her. And for any parents who are listening, watching your kids unlock a little piece of their potential right in front of your eyes, you know, is a magical moment. And I was snowboarding and my children have both decided at a very young age to revolt against me and ski. <laughs> and I, I, I sort of had to do this whole rundown with her for half a day where I'm holding her hand on a snowboard, which is a bit of a balancing act. Yeah. And by halfway through the day, she let go of my hand and said, I don't need to hold your hand. 
and it was pizza and French fries for the rest of the day. And I could not be prouder. So for, for those of you who are non-skiers, that's uh, the, the wedge shape that skiers who are learning uh, get into in order to not get go too fast and, yeah. and fall down. So yeah, very key for the five-year-old. You want to make sure they're very, very good with their pizza. They're, they're very apt to French fry it, which means they're going to turn into rocket ships down the hill. Um, so, so I grew up back East. Um, I'm from a little suburb outside of Boston, Massachusetts. I was born in Gloucester. It's a little fishing town. And my parents divorced when I was young and my mom moved our family to Winchester, Massachusetts. And Winchester for me was this, you know, this place at in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, they were just filled with uncertainties. Like your whole life has been torn apart. And my mom knew that. And one of the things that she introduced my brother, older brother and younger sister and myself to was skiing. And it was a way to fill the weekends, to create activity, to give us something to look forward to. Um, and it was like the most perfect distraction. And our whole family have become lifelong skiers and, and big mountain enthusiasts as a result of that. And my mom really invested during those transitional years into us spending time in the outdoors. And, you know, for anyone who knows where Winchester is, you know, it's just outside of Boston. So there's, there's not a ton of outdoors there, a, a little bit, but going up to the mountains of New Hampshire and Vermont and learning how to ski was just it was all I looked forward to. And into my early teenage years, I just loved skiing. It was all I wanted to do um, when, you know, when the winter season came around. And right around that same time, I was discovering skateboarding. Um, I was that little rebellious kid. I kind of had that little black sheep element to me. I was the middle child. Um, and I just, you know, I discovered punk rock music and all the things that horrify your parents were the things that I just kind of gravitated towards. And so skateboarding became like the thing I just wanted to do. And I was like 17 years old. I was a junior in high school turning, going into my senior year. And I remember uh, seeing a skateboard magazine that had a picture of snowboarding in it. And this is in like 1987 or something. And I was like, oh my God, I have to do that. Like, I have to figure that out. And it was really hard to find the equipment, but I, I figured it out and I started snowboarding in high school and I just absolutely fell in love with it. Whatever skiing was, was immediately forgotten and replaced by this new, incredibly hard sport to figure out on two edges. And that was it. Like I, I was absolutely locked in on snowboarding. And I think anyone who finds a passion for something to do, it could be baseball, it could be basketball, it could be hunting. I mean, you name it, you figure that thing out. You will do all of your schoolwork. You will do all of your chores to find a way to get out and do that thing. And I just had that kind of one track mind. So, you know, when it came to applying to college, I was like, where can I go out West where there's bigger mountains? And I tried college for one year and I came home with a really grim uh, GPA. I, my, my grade point average was just horrible. And I had hatched a plan over that summer with my best friend, a guy named Glenn Doherty, to drop out of college and go and ski bum for a year. And Glenn was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty good skier. I think I can become a professional skier. And I was like, yeah, I, I want to be a pro snowboarder. Like, what a great career path. 
this is in 1991. Like there was no Olympics. There was no real professional sports and, and like career path and like people, you know, were, monetary people were really reward. making a living. They weren't sponsored or, or maybe a few people were, but it was not. Yeah. It, you weren't, it wasn't a career path at, per se. No, it, no. I mean, it was the wild west. And so at 19, you know, I, I, I left college. I moved to Snowbird, Utah with my best buddy, Glenn and my older brother, Guy. And we became friends with this whole motley crew of other people our age who had the same ideas. And all of a sudden this little tribe of, you know, kind of skiers and snowboarders and misfits all banded together. And we were the dishwashers and the prep cooks and the lift operators for, you know, all these families coming out to snowbird to have these vacations while we were trying to hone our craft. And it was like, what are the new tricks? What are the biggest cliffs you can jump? Hey, it's going to snow a foot and it's going to be great powder. And we lived for those moments. And it's funny because, you know, here I am 30 years later and I still live for those moments. And I know you can relate to that, Chris. <laughs> I definitely can, but I have a, I have a joke for you. Uh -oh. what, <laughs> what's the difference between a snowboard and a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> what is it? Where you attach the dirt bag. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to match that with, with one of my own. Um, this is actually a joke we learned from Brad Holmes, who is an old pro bump skier. Um, why do skiers use poles? Why? So they can prop themselves up at the bar and tell you how great they are. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love the rivalry, <laughs> especially because I have I, I don't care about it at all. And I used to be no. snow, snowboarded for as long or longer than I skied and love it. And must still oh, still get out there on the board occasionally. So it's it's great. I actually I I, I, I enjoy that. I, I always I when the rivalry was there, and for anyone who doesn't know, there was that whole skiing not liking snowboarding because there were a bunch of you know rebel kids, but really it was a mutual appreciation for being outdoors and, and being in the mountains and enjoying all that it had to offer. And I think that's a, a super valuable experience for anyone. Absolutely. And I, I grew up, you know, full Dogtown and Z boys generation, you know, skiing and, and, or excuse me, surfing and skateboarding in Southern California. So I was already on team dirt bag. <laughs> oh yeah, will. you were. Uh, and, and so um, even though I'm skiing now, I have a, a, an affinity uh, for that whole scene, it, it definitely reminds me of my childhood. And, and I, yeah, I think you're right. It's like, I mean, bringing this back into the world of, of health and wellness, I have always had a deep passion for the outdoors and, you know, growing up on in Southern California, that was the ocean and the beach and surfing and spending as much time as I possibly could in the water and being outside and being physically active and, now living away from the ocean, uh, you know, that, that, that manifests in mountains and hiking and spending lots of time in the back country and kayaking and paddleboarding and uh, mountain biking and all, all kinds of different activities and, you know, surfing when I travel and stuff. But now that you're older, so, you know, I'm skipping forward a little bit here. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a good decade. Uh, I enjoyed the mountains. <laughs> when you were hucking off 30 foot, or 50 foot cliffs and falling occasionally, you know, when you're 20, you just get up and keep going. Right. Yep. Uh, when you're in your forties and fifties, 
it's maybe not quite as easy to do that anymore or you, or you require a little bit of extra attention. So like what, what was it for you? You know, for some people it's an injury for other people it could be an illness or other people it's just noticing that they're not recovering, you yeah. know, in, in the same way as they were when they were really, you know, 10, 20 years younger. So what was it that got you interested in health and, and nutrition? You know, it, it was a couple of things that happened kind of concurrently. So I hung up the snowboarding thing right at the age of 30. I, I used the money from snowboarding that I made and I, I paid for college. So I went to the University of Utah. I knocked out a degree and I ended up getting recruited into working in the snowboard industry. So I, I didn't have any intention of working in snowboarding. It, snowboarding was this thing I loved, but then there was an opportunity to work in the industry. And I did that with a handful of brands um, working in marketing. So I worked at Burton Snowboards. I got to work with a young athlete named Sean White, who has gone on to become a household name. Um, I worked with a bunch of really amazing athletes that were this next generation. And what I found in my 30s was, boy, I need to train a little bit to keep up with these kids, or I need to like work my body a little bit harder. So the first nod to me was, I'm not getting any younger, and I still love doing this. So if I'm going to keep up with these kids and market, you know, work in a marketing job with them and be on the mountains, I want to, I still want to be able to hang. And, then, you know, there's a little bit of ego involved in that as well. And then the injury recovery timeline, like I would fall. You're, you're absolutely right. Like I would not land a cliff and all of a sudden you're like, Ooh, that left a mark. Mm -hmm. It started not with diet, but with training. So I was kind of early in on the whole CrossFit scene. Um, my best buddy who I had moved out to Utah with, uh, he had actually dropped out of ski bumming at 25 and totally took a hard left-hand turn and decided to join the Navy radical career move and become a Navy SEAL. And Glenn served 10 years with SEAL Team 3 out here on the West Coast. And we got to reconnect because when I took my job at Burton, they moved me to San Diego. So I, I got to reconnect with my best buddy. And he started sharing with me these gym routines and these fitness routines. And I just kind of, you know, was paying attention to him because I still wanted to surf and snowboard and mountain bike and, and be the, in the outdoors as much as possible. That kind of led me to a little bit of a journey around diet. Hey, if you drink a little bit less, you know, you're going to feel better in the morning. Like that's a real basic one. Anyone can, can pick up on that. But then you start paying attention to like your cognitive function and you're like, oh man, I'm just a little bit more alert. Well, what happens if I, you know, if I'm going to be doing CrossFit, if I add in, you know, different proteins, how does that, how does my body react to that? And it just, it became a little bit of a point of curiosity. And then what is my best buddy doing? Cause he had already done the research. I didn't have to pay much attention to it. And after, you know, working out and training with him for a few years, I just got more and more curious about it. And then when I turned 40, that was definitely that body change. You don't recover as well. So you better be prepared stretching good fitness routine, and all of a sudden diet really kicked in. And that was at a time when the paleo diet was having a pretty big presence around CrossFit. So yeah. I just started paying attention to it. And I'll say, oh, well, if I just eat, you know, 
protein and vegetables and some fruits and limited grains or, you know, following the, the, the general protocol around paleo, then, well, then I can do whatever the hell I want to do. I'll, I'll just be invincible. And it wasn't quite as simple as that, but it was a good path to just start the journey. And then, you know, from a supplement standpoint, I'm a bit of what you would call a supplement skeptic. Um, you know, Glenn had introduced me to some products like creatine and whey proteins and these kind of like get big, yeah. you know, supplements. And I'm kind of like you, Chris, like I'm built wiry. I'm never going to be huge. That's just not, it's not in the cards for me. I will never be 200 something pounds um, jack and steel, but with the right diet and, and application, you can be competent around a gym, but more importantly, competent in the sports and activities you love doing. Um, and that just started me, you know, getting curious about nutrition and how it can feed into just being more productive, having more energy. And it's amazing what you can unlock with some really simple changes, but also, you know, with the right amount of discipline. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I love what you said about, you know, being able to participate in the activities you love. Cause I think that's, that's the main goal. And that's what is not happening for many people in the U S and elsewhere in the industrialized world is that aging has become a, a slow or even rapid in some cases decline into debility. Like m many people stop being able to do the things that they were able to do and that brought them joy uh, earlier in their life and nutrition for me, like my goal is to stay act, stay active all the way up until the day I die. And I might not be surfing triple overhead uh, yeah, waves at, at G land at that point um, or hucking off cliffs. But if, as long as I'm able to still really do most of the things, many of the things that I want to do, that's, I'll count that as a huge win. And I think it's possible with, even with no further advancements in, in you know, longevity medicine, things like that, just with currently available um, technology, if you will, or knowledge, I think that's knowledge. entirely possible to, to do. So I want to talk a little bit more about that and what that looks like for you. But um, before we do that, I want to step back and talk a little bit more about Glenn because I know he was a major inspiration for you and for, for Bob's, your, your supplement line that you launched in nutrition company. Um, his nickname was Bob, I believe. So you named it after him. So yep. yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the role that that played in your path. Yeah. Um, so, so Glenn and I met in middle school and in high school, you know, you're really establishing your tribe and, and who your people are. And Glenn was just simpatico. Like we just, we just saw the world really similarly. We were both middle children, divorced parents, older brother, younger sister. And we both had that little kind of eye for, you know, a little bit of mischief. And Glenn was, you know, he was kind of like that, that, that person who can just light up a room. So being around him and being around that group of friends, like it all kind of centered around his house and, you know, the, the friendships that were born from that era are some of my closest friends to this day. And at 52, I, I, my go-to people to talk to about, you know, life and adventure and friends are some of the friends that I made at 15 years old. And Glenn was a centerpiece in all of that. In our twenties, 
and we ski bombed together and we had countless mountain adventures. And Glenn was a really eclectic person back in those days. I mean, you know, high school wrestling to playing hacky sack and touring with the Grateful Dead were those were average activities for him. So he would, you know, have these adventures and literally put his thumb out and and hitchhike around part of the country to tour with the Grateful Dead, selling peanut butter sandwiches in the parking lot to fund his ticket. And then he would come back and pick up a paintbrush and work in the off season to make enough money to buy, you know, to buy a season pass. And, and just, he always had a great work ethic. He always had great stories and he was just that energetic force in a room. When we were ski bombing together, he was that same force. So all of a sudden that, that band of misfits around Utah became, you know, really key friends with Glenn. Glenn was that centerpiece between everyone. And, you know, when he decided, Hey, I'm not going to make it as a pro skier. I'm going to go join the Navy. It was part, you know, patriotism. And it was part, it was also part just challenge, right? Like, what am I made of? What can I do here? What, what are the things that I can do in, and see, see what those challenges are all about? He was really curious about his limitations and proving that he could do more. And that was really infectious. Like that was inspiring to be around. So, hey, he didn't make it as a pro skier in the 90s. Guess what? Almost no one did. It was a really hard time to be in that sport. But then he joins the Navy and, you know, eight months later, I'm going to his buds graduation. And that was, that was wild to see him in this completely different light. Like here's this, my buddy we used to play hacky sack with and we had all these powder days together. Dead shows. And then the dead shows and all of a sudden he serves 10 years, you know, with the SEAL teams. And it was really, it was an awesome thing to see and to be around. And he never lost that personality. He never lost his infectious ability to tell a story and to light up a room and make you laugh. And probably more important than that, Glenn was the kind of guy that would never forget you. So Chris, you would tell a story about surfing G-Land and years later you bump into Glenn and he'll ask you how you were doing or have you been on any more surf trips? And you might be like, wow, how did you remember that, that detail? But that was Glenn. And, you know, you got to carry a little piece of that around. And of course, on one level, it was incredibly obnoxious to have a best friend who was fitter than you are, who can, you know, run you around as a Navy SEAL. Um, but it also is infectious. And he, he just brought the best out of everyone around him. So Glenn and I became roommates again in our 30s. You know, two guys living in the same house in Encinitas. Uh, we were both training out of the same CrossFit gym and Glenn had gotten out of the Navy. And he was kind of figuring out what that next step was in life. Um, I had my whole career in action sports. I was doing, you know, the whole, you know, marketing director thing. And Glenn was deploying. He was doing government contract work for the Central Intelligence Agency. So he'd come home. We'd hang out, high five, go to the gym, go surfing. And then he'd go dip out and spend two months or three months in Afghanistan or down in Mexico or you know, going to different areas of conflict. And it was a high stress, high caliber lifestyle. And he was doing this in his forties. And that really takes a toll on the body. And we used to have these great conversations around nutrition. What can we do 
to stay in the game? What can we do to stay active longer? And for him, it was quite literally part of his job. He had to be able to perform 14, 16, 18 hours a day in high risk places. I just wanted to look good and, and be able to surf. (laughs) And in the fall of 2012, Glenn deployed to Tripoli. Um, It was right after the fall of the Gaddafi regime. And Glenn was going there as one of the first uh, American security operatives um, with the embassy over there. Well, the embassy wasn't really set. It was like the the whole government was absolutely in flux in Libya. And I, I think most, People listening to this will probably remember the terror attacks on 9-11. And then the second terror attacks on 9-11 in 2012, the terror attacks on Benghazi. So Glenn was one of the Navy SEALs that was killed, saving all those Americans in Benghazi. I was the executor of Glenn's estate. I was his listed next of kin on all of his government paperwork. And all of a sudden... I went from having a fairly, you know, freewheeling, fun lifestyle to a very serious national event. There were congressional hearings. Um, you know, Hillary Clinton got in a whole bunch of trouble. There was like politics involved, and it was all revolving around um, the Americans killed over there, including my best friend. So, you know, life changes, and you you change your focus on what's really important. All those friends, those hundreds of people, whether they were Navy SEALs or our friends in San Diego, the Utah, you know, ski bum crew or the high school friends, everyone really banded together. And there was one common thing from everyone was that everyone wanted to keep Glenn's memory alive. We wanted him to have a seat at the table and, and he wasn't with us anymore, but how could we keep him, keep him inspiring us and keep us, you know, feeling inspired to act on his behalf. And being inspired by him. And, you know, at first we started a foundation. There's the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. I'm really proud to say that it's, it's 10 years strong with over 100 scholarships issued to transitioning members of the military, filling gaps in the GI Bill. And, and it's given a lot of people purpose and, and pride, a, a way to channel grief in a positive light and a way to share Glenn's story with others. If you've listened to this show for a while, you know that I'm a super active guy. Depending on the time of year, I'm either skiing, mountain biking, hiking, backpacking, surfing, or lifting weights on most days of the week. I also live in a really dry climate at high elevation. For these reasons, I pay a lot of attention to hydration. I've learned the hard way what happens when I get dehydrated, and I know how important hydration is to overall health. But hydration isn't just about drinking water. It's about water plus electrolytes. This is where Element comes in. It's a combination of electrolytes like sodium, potassium, and magnesium in easy-to-use individual packets that you just add right to your water bottle. And unlike most electrolyte products on the market, Element is free of sugar and artificial junk. I drink Element every day, and it's made a huge difference in how I feel. Even with my training and profession, I don't think I realized how often I was dehydrated before I made Element part of my daily routine. If you'd like to try it, the folks at Element have an exclusive offer for my podcast listeners. You can get a free sample pack with one of each of the eight flavors Element sells when you purchase any Element product. This is perfect for anyone who wants to try all of the flavors or who wants to introduce a friend to Element. Just go to cresser.co slash Element, that's L-M-N-T, 
to place an order and take advantage of this offer. I've been writing and speaking about the harms of industrial seed oils for years. They're an enormous problem. They've been linked to widespread health and environmental issues, and yet they're in almost everything we eat. Zero Acre is here to change that. Their cultured oil is an all-purpose cooking oil with over 90% heart-healthy and heat-stable monounsaturated fats. In fact, it has more monounsaturated fat than even olive and avocado oil, and it has a much higher smoke point and a clean, neutral taste, which makes it perfect for everything from cooking and baking to salad dressings. I use it to cook my eggs in the morning, uh, ground beef, uh, pretty much anything that I'm going to cook that might have a higher smoke point and that I don't want the oil to have an impact on the taste of the food. It's become one of my favorite cooking oils, and since it's made by fermentation, it has a 10 times smaller environmental footprint than other vegetable oils. I'm a huge fan of this product. I think you'll love it as well. And Zero Acre is offering our listeners free shipping on their first order. So go to zeroacre.com slash Chris or use the code Chris at checkout to claim this deal. That's Z-E-R-O-A-C-R-E dot com slash Chris. After the foundation had been up and running for a few years, I was kind of looking at the charitable space and realized that you know, fundraising and, and charitable giving is a very unique space to be in. Um, it's very emotional and it, it very much has different moments of captivity and it's tough to slog it out there. And I was thinking about how to institutionalize that. Like, how do you bake charitable giving into people's, you know, like kind of economic life cycle, like purchasing products, like engaging at checkout, just thoughts I was having that didn't really have a home. Um, around that same time in 2017, completely separately of that, my wife bought me a jar of collagen peptides, collagen protein, it, you know, it's known by both names. And Chris, I'm a Luddite. My wife bought me this and I didn't know what to do with it, but I looked at her and in a totally, you know, crass way, I said, collagen, like, isn't that the stuff that like porn stars inject into their lips? Like, what, what is this stuff? <laughs> My wife's just shaking her head at me. She's like, look, you're not getting any younger and I need to preserve you in your old age. And we had a one-year-old and she was pregnant with our second. And she said, it's supposed to be really good for your joints. And you sound like crinkled up newspaper when you're walking up the flight of stairs. So I start taking it and she says, look, you drink coffee. You're supposed to be able to put it in your coffee. So just, just do that. And so I start doing that. And I just drink coffee every morning. So I put a scoop in my coffee. And after about three weeks, and keep in mind, this is me, the supplement skeptic. I don't take anything. I've tried the creatine and the whey proteins and the, you know, the branch chain aminos. And, and I never really felt anything from those. But three weeks into taking collagen, I absolutely noticed that my fingernails were growing like crazy. I mean, like, I'm like, I felt like I was the Wolverine. I'm like, okay, something's happening here. And then about two weeks later, I needed a haircut and I just gotten a haircut and I was like, all right, there's something else happening here. And I start reading the label and I'm like, so what are amino acids? I mean, literally I'm that dumb on the subject that I, I didn't, I knew what an amino acid was, but I didn't understand like what it really did. So I start reading about it and I'm getting more curious. And I'm taking the product every day and right around the two month mark, I had this really epiphanal, like oh, wow moment. And I got up out of bed 
and we had to fly to Boston from San Diego. I packed up all of our stuff. I grabbed my wife. We go to the airport. We fly cross country. Now I'm six foot two. I'm sitting in coach. My knees are cramped up. And my expectation is that I'm going to get off an airplane and feel absolutely smashed. Like I'm going to feel so achy and destroyed. It's going to take me a while before my, my legs feel normal. And I got up off the airplane, grabbed all our stuff. And you know what it's like traveling with a kid. You have a lot of stuff. And I remember walking off the airplane and looking at my wife and saying, oh my God, Heather, I, I feel great. Like nothing hurts. And she's like, oh, it's nice, dear. I'm like, no, you don't understand. My knees don't hurt. This is unheard of. Like, this is crazy. And I, I knew it was the collagen. So I doubled down and I started taking two scoops a day. And it just got better and better and better. And I, I learned about glycine and how it produces synovial fluid and how it also can help in recovery and sleep patterns. And I just fell in love with the product. I was the guy who would almost stop you on the street and be like, do you take collagen? You really should. It works wonders. And, you know, I just, I believed in it. Um, fast forward a couple of months and TJ my, my business partner comes over to the house. He was just a friend at the time, but he's got a big e-commerce background. Uh, you know, you, you've met TJ briefly and he sees the jar of collagen on my counter and we're just strike up a conversation, sipping a cup of coffee. And he says, oh, you take that stuff? And I just start raving about it. I'm like, oh, it's the best ever. I can squat again. I'm running again. I feel so good. And he says, well, let's start a company. And I said, you, you got to be kidding me. Like, I've got a one-year-old behind me. There is no version of my life that I start a company right now. And he says, well, like, like you know, what would it look like? I said, okay, let, let's sit down and napkin math this thing out. And we talked to each other. I said, well, what would a company look like? What would we do that is different? Because it has to be different. And we both looked at each other and we said, well, whatever we do, we have to do something cool for charity. Opening line, both said at the exact same time. And it was just a lightning bulb moment. And I looked at him and I said, well, I know the charity. It would have to be Glenn's charity. And Glenn's call sign in the Navy was Bub. And this is exactly the kind of product that Glenn would have taken if he were alive. So we'll name the company Bub's Naturals as a tribute to Glenn and his way of life. And we'll give... 10% of all profits to Glenn's foundation and charitable causes in Glenn's name. And we just kind of stopped and looked at each other and said, like, is this, can we even do this? And I called his mom. I called some of his teammates in the seals, called his sister. And I was like, what do you guys think? Is this crazy? And the collective response was Glenn would kick your ass if you don't do this. So you have to. <laughs> nice. And you know, that was it. The journey was started. I, I started the path of learning about, you know, natural supplementation in, in, a, in a deeper, more meaningful way. How do I find this product? If I'm going to put Glenn's name on the jar of a, of a product that you can buy, it absolutely has to be the best. I have to look at sourcing and standards and all that. And Glenn, he's been a North star in my life. And now he's the North star for this brand. Like he guides the actions of what we do and, and how we approach, you know, product and, and partnerships and inspiration and people. And he just, he sort of lives right behind the surface guiding our actions. And it's, 
it's the greatest gift that that I could have being in the position that we're in. Nice. Yeah, it's such a powerful story and I love the the circular nature of it and how it just sort of comes back around in different ways at different points in your life and how, all the different ways that he uh, touched and inspired you along the way. I want to talk a little bit more about collagen because there's more to it than helping with joint pain, which it absolutely does. And that's probably the thing that it is best known for, and rightly so. You know, that's a can be a game-changing difference. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, just the ability to allow you to keep participating in activities that you might not be able to participate in. You know, if, if you got a lot of joint pain and you're, and you're not able to move or you feel a ton of pain after you move, then you're going to be a lot less likely to keep moving, right? That's, that's a, as simple as it gets. Um, but there's a ton of other benefits of collagen. What are, what are some of the most notable ones that you think about? When I think about it in, in that sort of like, hey, what do you see when you see on the packaging, you look at hair, skin, nails, um, you, you see occasionally something around bone density, gut health, but I, I guess pulling back to the 10,000 foot view and the way I kind of learned about it and explained it is like collagen's a protein in the body. It's the most abundant protein floating around the body and it's, it's a structural protein. So it's, it's sort of holding your body together. So the reference I always see on websites is like, it's a glue, it's a glue holding everything together. So when it comes to your skin, think tighter, fuller skin, um, stronger nails, uh, you know, your bones have a, a thicker density to them. And the joints, of course, get that little bit of cushioning. There is benefits around gut health and how you process your foods. You know, I think of the, I always go to glyceme because that's me. Like I, I'm not interested in the more vanity driven metrics around collagen, although I think it's fantastic for those. But then you think about, you know, things like proline and there's a bunch of it in, in, in our product. And like, boy, like if you look at the different amino acids that are in there, there's, there's sort of like all your essential aminos. And then there's aminos that they're totally missing from it because it's not, a, this isn't a protein that's going to build muscle mass, but it's, it's more around the recovery elements of it. And like, Hey, if you want to, if you're worried about hair growth, like there's, there's amino acids in there for you, but I, I love, I love that it can do so much for the body. And again, I, I sort of paint in really broad strokes around what these amino acids can do for you in terms of like, Hey, do you have joint pain? Cool. This is something that can help with that. It's not the only thing. And I'm always quick to, to explain that to people. Like, don't just take this and don't do anything else. You should have a holistic approach to your health. Like, don't think just because you know, you're going to benefit your hair growth that you're going to have stellar hair. Like there's, there's way more to the equation. Or if you're sore from the recovery activities or you're having, you know, inflammation issues, you should address that holistically. This is just one tool in the tool chest. So to me, you know, you're not getting enough collagen naturally in your diet. I would say that as a general statement around America, no one's eating enough chicken feed and cartilage and connective tissue of the animals to really benefit them to where you don't need to supplement with collagen. If you're over the age of 25, your body's not producing naturally endogenously the, the right amount of collagen. So you need to get it from your diet. You need to get it from external sources. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, uh, I think this is an artifact of our modern lifestyle, right? Like if you look at traditional populations and even the diet of Americans a hundred years ago, there was a lot more nose to tail eating and a lot more collagen rich foods were in the diet, oxtail, shank, chuck roast, brisket, chicken feet, chip, you know, homemade chicken broth with chicken feet and chicken heads and, um, uh, a whole, whole, you know, fish, fish eye soup, like, all of these traditional culture, all of tr traditional cultures had collagen-rich diets, or maybe not all, but most. And then came the low-fat craze in, you know, the second half of the 20th century, and particularly ramping up in the, you know, in the 80s and 90s. We, we, you know, you and I, Sean, were in the generation that was subjected to boneless, skinless chicken breast and <laughs> broccoli and Egg, egg white omelets and steamed broccoli with nothing on it and egg white omelets and that whole thing. Like that was really what was considered to be a healthy diet and still in, in you know, a, a large part of the dominant mainstream culture in the U.S. still still is considered to be healthy, you know, non-fat milk, et cetera. Yeah, it, it's stunning. It literally, the non-fat milk thing drives me crazy. And it was one of the few things that Glenn actually drank just gallons of was non-fat milk and i'm like yeah it's just a bunch of sugar in this thing it's just stripped out like what are those good fats in you there take out any of the redeeming qualities of milk uh, when you do yeah. that right uh, the, the beneficial fatty acids etc but it's really like a it, it was a thing where that that change was made without understanding what the long-term consequences of it would be because as you mentioned the, the collagen and the other um, things that you get when you eat nose to tail, particularly organs, mm -hmm. are extremely important uh, for our physiology. And if you eat too much lean protein with not enough collagen or, or organs or the types of things you get when you expand your diet like that, I, I, act, I believe, and I think there's research that supports this, that you increase your risk of, of cancer over the long term yeah. um, because you're you have a very methionine rich diet but not enough glycine or you know b12 b6 and things yeah. that lower homocysteine and this isn't talked about a lot uh in the context of collagen and you certainly can't talk about it on your website <laughs> um because now no, that i'll talk about leucine and like <laughs> and, and great skin and, and bone and but i'm, I'm going to shy away from hey you might just kick up your hgh growth with yeah, that one because yeah, i don't or, really want to tempt <laughs> yeah i mean and and of course i have a supplement line as well and there you know we have to be cautious about claims and i think that's a good that's actually a good thing and a good good regulation there but here on this podcast, um, we can talk a little bit more just about the science, you know, behind collagen. And I always like to expand the conversation there because it's not just something that helps your joints, although it is that. It is, you know, it has a broad range of effects on the body. And I, I think of it mostly as balance. Like, yeah, if you eat too much protein, and, or too much lean protein and not enough collagen, you're going to throw your body out of balance, and then that's going to manifest in a number of different ways. Yeah, hands down. I mean, if you when you when you look at 
again, I just talked about leucine briefly or like, look at the back panel on your, your typical amino acid profile in a collagen and you see where it's loaded up and then you ask yourself, well, am I getting that naturally? And, and what are those individual amino acids going to do for me? And the fact is that you probably aren't getting them naturally in your diet. What, one of my favorite kind of like natural diet um, practitioners is Ashley Van Houten. She kind of goes by this handle, the muscle maven. And she wrote a cookbook around eating tip to tail. And she's like, I know this is going to be niche. And I know that this isn't for everyone, but I want to give people the access to recognize that there is so much value in those organ meats, in what is on that tip of the animal and what's at the tail. And that for generations, this was, this is where you got your nutrition and a hundred percent like, yes. And, you know, if you're not going to be eating a bunch of oxtail all the time and you're probably not, or, or, you know, fish eye soup and, the idea of being able to still get access to those, you know, valuable components of the diet through supplementation, do it. Uh, you know, like what's preventing you from taking a step to feeling a little bit better or, 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 or being healthier. And yeah, I, I usually talk about it through the lens of activity at 52. I still want to be lacing up my running shoes and feeling really good or throwing some weight around or surfing and, you know, getting out in the mountains with you. And, and your whole approach to diet. And that goes beyond just the collagen world. And what we found kind of selfishly at Bubs anyways, is that we keep introducing products that are completely baked into my daily life and routine. <laughs> and, you know, it, it feels good because we're, we're, we're getting behind and practicing what we preach when it comes to, you know, whether it's our MCT oil, our creamer line, whether it's, uh, you know, electrolytes and hydration now, whether it's, it's our approach on coffee, it's just, Hey, if you're going to be putting these products in your body and you're going to be, you know, you know, having them as a part of your daily routine, seek out to have some of the best stuff that you can. And that doesn't have to break the bank, but it does mean like, Hey, look at the integrity of some of the ingredients that you're, 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 you want to interact with. Um, I know when I go to my, you know, the vitamin cabinet and I'm thinking about, things that I want to take, I lean on you for that. I, I go to adapt for that. And that's, that's a great home for me because there's trust built into that. And there's a knowledge base on things in areas of my supplementation and nutrition that like, I, I want to dine at the top. I don't want to just go for some bottom feeding brand on Amazon because it's on sale. I, I'm willing to spend a couple extra dollars if needed to know that I'm going to get the results that I, I hope for. Yeah. And then you take the same approach in coffee. Look at if you drink coffee, grab a specialty coffee. It doesn't have to be Bub's Brew. Just grab anything, but make sure you're you're grabbing anything that's good, and you're just going to have a better experience with it. Um, you know, same thing on I, I think any of those products. Life's too short to drink bad coffee. There, there is a meme out there. <laughs> there is indeed. Um, but yeah, you know, like we we started with collagen, and you know, one of the things circling back on that is how do you make collagen really adaptable? I mean, you can go on Amazon and buy any collagen. I mean, there's literally 50 brands waiting to, to take your money, but what is their amino acid profile? Yeah. How many milligrams are you actually getting of those, of, of that, you know, whether it's leucine, whether it's, you know, glycine, you just take a look. Are you getting enough out of it? Cause there's some that are just kind of mediocre. What's the flavor like? 
does it clump? Is it soluble? There's performance elements that are preventative in, in having anyone take something from trial to true habit forming and true lifestyle adoption. And if you have a bad tasting product and it clumps up and it doesn't blend well, you're not going to come back for seconds. You're not going to, uh, you know, to adapt that to a, to a good routine. And I think that's something you and I can both relate to is like, we want these things to work for us and you got to go for the quality. Yeah, no, I love that about Bob's and it's, I think a lot of people just have the idea that, oh, it's collagen. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. They're all, you know, they're the same. It's a commodity product now in a lot of ways, like Mm -hmm. in in people's minds. But there really is a huge difference from, you know, the quality of a product like Bub's and just the cheapest thing that you can buy at Costco or on Amazon. And I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I don't, I don't know that a lot of people understand that. It, 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 there is a real difference. There's a difference in the amino acid profile, most importantly, because that's what's giving you the benefit, right? That's, that's what's actually making the impact on your health. There's also then a difference in the usability, which you mentioned of like if it clumps and doesn't taste good or it smells bad, you're not <laughs> going to use it. And then, of course, you're not going to get the benefit if you're not using it. But um, making sure that it, it's actually doing what it's supposed to do is is the most important. And, um, you know, I, Bub's is an amazing product, and I think it's, you know, it, it stands out among this, I mean, how many are there now? <laughs> Hundreds, if, if not thousands there, of, of collagen products. Yeah, there, there's, there's so many. And, you know, I mean, you, when you're on the industry side, you sort of look around and you see all the different, you know, countries of origin and where it's coming from. And, you know, I, I, I really, really stress to our team, like, hey, we, we bought our collagen from one source from day one. And we have a longstanding relationship with, you know, this group out of Uruguay and Southern Brazil. And, and that's important to me from an environmental standpoint. I don't want to be paired with any supplier that's anywhere near the Amazon rainforest. I don't want to contribute in a negative capacity to deforestation. I want to work off of an agrarian farm system. And that's important to us as a brand because happy cows are out in a pasture and they are eating grass and they are living off the land. And the idea of that and getting you know feed statements talking about, hey, this is grass fed. These cows live out there. That means a lot to me as you know, as someone who's considering that life cycle and, you know, collagen is an upcycled component in the cattle industry. And I think this is really important for, for folks to understand is that like collagen has been around for a while, but collagen in its present form, like as a powder on the store shelf at Whole Foods, that's newer. And, you know, this was a literally a throwaway component in the tanneries in, in South America. Like this was part of the animal that was not being used because all, you know, all collagen is at its core is ground up cow powder, but what part of the cow it's, it's the inner part of that hide, that fascia, that connective tissue that is so rich in those amino acids. It's, it's the glue holding the cow together. So it makes sense that just like gelatin comes from the bone and hoofs are used for glue that this part of the animal should find a home and it was being thrown away a decade ago this part of the animal was going into a landfill it was being chucked and you know a couple smart folks figured out like hey if we scraped all this stuff up and instead of throwing it out 
we, we, you know, we, we treat it with some enzymes. Wow. Look what happens. Like we really bolster those amino acids and they really, you know, come up and then, you know, we can basically grind it up into a powder and, and here we are. And there's, there's a little bit more to the flow chart on producing collagen, but it's a fairly clean process of taking this throwaway part of the animal and giving it a whole new life, which in turn is giving us a whole lot more life. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, as you said, like this was being tossed out as a waste product, which it goes back to what we were talking about, like how much the diet has changed in the last 50 years, because before this was a key part of traditional diets all, all around the world. So it's full circle. And, yeah. you know, fortunately we came to our senses and now we're starting to incorporate this back in into the diet. Tell, tell us, we just have a few more minutes left, but I, you, you, your products are cows, coffee, and coconuts. I love that. It's easy to follow, cows being the collagen, coconut MCT stuff, and then coffee is the most recent. So what inspired you to do that? I mean, talk about a, a product that there's a lot of out there. <laughs> um, yep. You know, and then one that obviously is a you mentioned it's an integral part of your life. I get the sense that you like coffee. So um, other than that, what was your inspiration to make coffee and how are you guys doing that differently? So it, coffee was an interesting journey for us. The, the start was, you know, it was part of Glenn's in my morning routine, like, you know, have a cup of coffee, start the day, have that, that first hopefully enriching conversation about making the world a better place or, or just, talking crap on Boston sports teams, whatever the case may be. When we were probably three years into Bubs, we sent an email out to all of our customers. So this was about two years ago. And we asked a bunch of questions of them. And we got this incredibly high return rate from those emails. And one of the questions that I, I loved in there was, hey, what do you want to see from us? Like, what would you love to see next from Bubs? And it was a multiple choice. Like we, we put down whey protein and, you know, greens formulas and, you know, all the different trends that we were seeing out in the kind of nutrition space. And the number one thing that people asked us to make was coffee. Bubs should make coffee. And, you know, I sort of like, I looked at that and I said, oh yeah, we should make, you know, Bubs brew. And that was sort of the name just stuck. Oh, well, Bubs Brew, we should make coffee. Well, we shelved the idea during the pandemic. We really doubled down on the collagen, the creamer. Like we were all into our MCT and, and the collagen and said, like, let's just make sure we do that really well. Then um, about just a little over a year ago, TJ and I were riding a chairlift together and we revisited the conversation. We said, hey, we know that people want to see this from us. What does it look like? And I said, well, you know, if we were to make a coffee line I think we should do it based on places that Glenn had served and let that guide us. So Glenn went to Costa Rica in his early mid twenties. That's when he discovered that he wanted to become a Navy SEAL. He met a couple off duty Navy SEALs in Costa Rica on a surf trip, of course. And they, they kind of built it up that he had what it took and he should go and, and figure that out. So he came home from that surf trip. I said, so we should do our first coffee roast as a Central American blend and we'll call it the origin because it's the origin of Glenn's journey into the Navy. I said, but 
I don't want to just roast a coffee. Then we're just like everybody else. What can we do with this coffee? Like I'm a big fan of third party accreditations. And I said, well, we can definitely source organic coffee. And we can also source fair trade coffee. And I said, well, we're also friends with Melissa Urban. And we're friends with the folks over at the Whole30 Approved. And we work with them already. Our, our, our creamer line is Whole30 Approved. Our collagen is Whole30 Approved. They don't have any coffee partners. Let's talk to them about clean sourcing and coffee. And so we had a conversation and they thought it was a great idea. And they said, well, like, let's talk about the criteria around that. And organic and fair trade were at the foundation of that. I said, well, I, I think we can level that up with some lab testing. And, you know, if you really source good quality beans, if you are really going to specialty coffee, it should be mold-free, aflatoxin tested free. So why don't we just put that right on the packaging and test every roast that we introduce and make sure that it's, you know, that you're getting a truly clean coffee. Then what do we like about coffee? We like fresh coffee. So let's not macro roast. No matter how we scale, Let's get on a roasting schedule. So we're roasting every other week. And then we can scale that into roasting coffee every week so that you're never getting five, six month old stale coffee. You're always getting a good experience in the cup. You're getting it mold free. You're getting the world's first whole 30 approved coffee because it meets these good quality criteria. And I mean, again, I'm putting Bub's name on it. I'm putting Glenn's name right on the bag it's got to stand for that best in quality. And, you know, there's a lot of great coffees out there. We wanted to meet at the top of that and just say, hey, look, at, go have a great cup of coffee and know that you're, you're getting a really clean bean in the process. You're getting it fresh roasted to you and, uh, and let it rip. So that was our first roast. Then we, Glenn did a really challenging deployment in Mexico. So we did a Mexican single origin uh, as our second roast. And we call that one the challenger. So every roast that we have is tied to an area of Glenn's service. Um, the next roast we're introducing is called The Wanted. And it's in reference to a very short-lived television show uh, where Glenn was hired to consult hunting terrorists in Africa. So we're introducing an Ethiopian um, coffee in about a month, and that'll be called The Wanted. So again, there are all these great little tie-ins to, to his points of service that circle back to the brand and just feel like the right way to approach it. Cool. That's such a great story. And uh, thanks, Sean, for having this conversation. I really enjoyed it. I love what you're doing with Bubs and just hearing about your the whole trajectory of how you got here and all of the steps you've taken to ensure that the quality of the products are in alignment with your values and and the the way that Glenn inspired you throughout over the years. I, th I think that's an amazing story. Thank you. Thanks for having me on to be able to talk to you about that. And of course, you know, having, having you on the bat phone when I have nutrition questions is uh, pretty, pretty amazing. So thank you for that. Cool. Well, tell, tell people where they can find out uh, more about Bub's products. Yeah. So our website, pretty straightforward, bubsnaturals.com. That's B-U-B-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com. Um, for those folks that love Amazon, we're right there. We're actually Amazon's choice for a number of the products, which is pretty neat. I don't know how you get that widget, but I'll take it. 
Um, but our website, you can learn more about the brand. Uh, all our social media handles are Bubs Naturals, so at Bubs Naturals, and ask us questions. Um, we don't automate anything in you know in our customer service. So if you want to dive deeper, reach out. Uh, I'm always like one person away, and I'm I'm happy to answer any questions and yeah, share a little bit of uh, some Glenisms out there with the world. Nice. Well, thanks again, Sean. And thanks everyone for listening. Keep sending your questions to chriscresser.com slash podcast questions. We'll see you next time. That's the end of this episode of Revolution Health Radio. If you appreciate the show and want to help me create a healthier and happier world, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. They really do make a difference. If you'd like to ask a question for me to answer on a future episode, you can do that at chriscresser.com slash podcast question. You can also leave a suggestion for someone you'd like me to interview there. If you're on social media, you can follow me at twitter.com slash chriscresser or facebook.com slash chriscresserlac. I post a lot of articles and research that I do throughout the week there that never makes it to the blog or podcast, so it's a great way to stay abreast of the latest developments. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.